Command codes verified. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Hello, Captains. You're listening to episode 343 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast, and your weekly report on all things Star Trek. Recorded live on Tuesday, November 14th, 2017, and available for download or streaming on Friday, November 17th at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Tony. And I'm Kenna. Elijah is off this week, getting ready for his latest show, but someone else who is here, our audio engineer, Winters. Hello, everyone. All right, Kenna, what's coming up this week? Well, this week we're trekking out a real-life AR version of TNG's The Game, when we can expect to see the return of Discovery after the mid-season break, and a new figure from QMX that's simply unconny. In Star Trek Online news, Cryptic and PWE are celebrating Season 14's release on console with a huge giveaway. And later, Jace is here with another Treklit 101. Finally, Star Trek Discovery may be on a break, but we're not. We're reviewing Into the Forest I Go, an on-screen. And as always, before we wrap up the show, we'll open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. Captains, you know we love to hear from you between episodes. So please reach out to us. We're on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Priority One Podcast. We're on Twitter at Priority One Pod. You can even send us an email via incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Captains, you know, we appreciate your contributions to the show every week, whether they're financial at patreon.com forward slash priority one podcast, or whether it's retweeting our social media links and liking us and favoriting us and doing all those other fancy things you kids do these days, or whether it's just spreading the word via word of mouth in the old meat space world where you talk to actual people and say what a great show we are. Any way you can help us out to bring more content to you, uh, via our shows, via the website, via social media. Any contribution is very greatly, uh, gratefully accepted. But if you could hit patreon.com forward slash priority one podcast, and for just $10 a month, you can have access to our on screen uh, review of the latest Star Trek Discovery episode. And just because the show's on hiatus doesn't mean we're going on hiatus. Oh, no. No, no, no. We have content planned for the break. We're going to talk about Star Trek topics like the tie in novels. Like, like, like uh, the Orville. We're gonna talk about Harry Mud finally. You and me, Kenna. It's a thing. We're gonna <laughs> awesome. do this. You Yay. and me. We're gonna throw down. <laughs> so just because Star Trek Discovery is taking a break doesn't mean that we are. So for ten dollars a month, you get access to a uh, at the early release uh, recording of the show, which we're not gonna have this week because my thing is broken for some reason. Or and in addition to the uh, discussion uh, offline of the latest Discovery episode. So. Patreon.com forward slash Priority One Podcast. Thanks for your support. Now let's check out the latest news from the Star Trek multiverse. I don't know. Then let's check it out. Get brainwashed just like the TNG crew. That's right. A new game has been created for Microsoft's HoloLens that can help you lose your mind. No, not really. But it is a great homage to TNG's Season 5 episode called The Game. 
Created by MIT graduate Robert Burke, the game does, in fact, measure your stress level using a biosensor. And much like the game in TNG, the less stressed you are, the more likely you are to get a disc in the cone. However, don't expect to get a rush of adrenaline or dopamine or whatever the hell that stuff was that uh, actually brainwashes you. The technology just isn't ready yet. Matthew Hart over at Nerdist.com found the year-old video demonstrating the game from the developer. Links, of course, will be in the show notes. I love how you say the technology is not ready yet, like it's on the way. <laughs> Any day now. Any, Any day, day now. now, exactly. I was going to say, uh, don't expect to get a rush of pleasure that brainwashes you. Nobody expects to get the rush of pleasure that brainwashes them in the game. It just sort of happens. That's right. Just like the Spanish Inquisition. You do not expect yeah. it. On the one hand, I kind of want to play the game. On the other hand, I also don't. Because that's how it started wasn't it? it was like, oh, check out this game. It's really, really cool. Pretty soon somebody's taken over the starship. Mm-hmm. And Wesley Crusher has to save the day again. Hmm. Just recently, there have been a lot of reports about a game from another star franchise that has now been optimized for like lockboxes and microtransactions, and everyone's really, really oh, angry about yes. it. Oh, yes. Yes, I've heard that. But this is the sort of the, it's, it's going that way, right? I mean, game developers, including our own beloved Star Trek Online, worked on that lockbox formula for a long time to see where that balance was between super annoying and acceptable. And Star Trek's had a lot of time to practice on it, and I think they've as much as lockboxes can be acceptable, I think they've got the, the formula right. But it's it's that it's that reward for playing. And once these people have access to your synaptic pathways, they will use them, <laughs> and you will, <laughs> That's true. and and they will zap Definitely. your little monkey brain yeah. full of dopamine every time they can. It's true. I'm convinced that the master key lockbox system really works in part because of the rush of endorphins no, does, you no. get from from the. It's yeah. not gambling. It, it's not gambling. But, no, no. But yeah, no. It's it's, yeah, the, it's, uh, it's the it's the it's a serotonin and dopamine. It's the it's the rea- It's the the thing between you get serotonin when you are searching for something, right? And you're like you're like trying to figure it out, and then you get dopamine once you get it. That's right. So yes. like they're 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 doing they're balancing these two things off of each other, and you know you know that as soon as they put little needles in the hollow lens, it's going to go right in your brain. <laughs> And pretty soon we're going to be looking for Ensign Leffler and Wesley to save us once again. Where do I sign up? Sounds fantastic. <laughs> I get to meet. I get to meet Will Wheaton. I get to meet Ashley Judd. Uh, <laughs> well, come save me. All right. Shall we move on to actual news That's what, now? We should, please. We should. Okay. We should. Well, captains, this week marked the mid-season finale of Star Trek Discovery. Now, for our review of that episode titled "Into the Forest I Go," you'll have to stick with us for the rest of the episode until our segment on screen. However, if you are as impressed with this episode as we were (spoilers) and are itching to see where this story will lead us, you'll have to wait until January seventh. Deadline.com reports that CBS All Access has scheduled Chapter 2 to begin on Sunday, January 7th at 8.30pm Eastern Time, so two months, give or take. In the meantime, we hope to keep the conversation going around Discovery with dedicated episodes of On Screen for our patrons. So if you're interested in unedited, uncensored, and raw content from the Priority One team, then check out our Patreon page. At just $10 a month, you can get hours of additional content from the team. So uh, Elijah, even though he's not here, he's with us in spirit and via his <laughs> notes, yes. which I shall now read to an audience who no doubt wonders what Elijah thinks about this piece of news, so I shall tell you. He says, someone really needs to work on their advertising skills, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. That's three, folks. To start, the first two episodes were a pilot. 
Then the third episode of the show was a second pilot. And now we're going to go to chapter two of season one, I guess meaning a third pilot. So confusing. And that's a quote. So confusing. Yeah, uh, it so. is confusing. Yes. It's fine. Who cares? It comes back in January. <laughs> it comes back in January, which leads us to the next question. How many people canceled? Did you cancel? No. I canceled. I canceled. I know Winters doesn't have to cancel because his is on Netflix. Winters. Pretty much my entire life is is dictated by things that I can or cannot be bothered to do. Um, and that is one aspect where I'm just like, for the sake of $7 or whatever it is for the month that I would unsubscribe, I don't care. I cannot be bothered. I so I had feelings. Eh, I'm just going to leave it going, going through. That's fine. I had feelings, so I kept off. Uh, plus, I do entirely, I do plan to binge watch the whole of the season so far again at some point. Oh, right. Probably right before. Probably right before. Yeah. I have a suggestion. Yeah. Right before. That'd be a yeah. idea. All right. <laughs> that would be appropriate. Well, that brings us to this week's community question. What will you be doing with your Sunday nights until Discovery is back? Available for pre-order for a price tag of merely $150 American, you too can display a one-sixth scale action figure of Ricardo Montalban as Khan from the TOS episode Space Seed. Scheduled to begin shipping in December, QMX outperforms itself once again with a remarkable likeness in this one-sixth Khan. 30 points of articulation, realistic portrait, red military jumpsuit and boots, Karate action, a helicopter, a, a hovercraft, his very own monogram. <laughs> that is not set. in the description, Tony. It's, oh, sorry, I'm making things up. <laughs> this is detailed enough for any creative stop motion animator to make an amazing short. Links to the pre order will be in the show notes. And I, I'm, I, I keyed, I keyed with the with the amount of accessories, uh, but geez. I have to say. It's it's really really kind of uncanny. It's really I mean, good. Uh, I should point out this is not Khan from Wrath of Khan. This is Khan from Space Seed. So yeah, old it's school. A, a young Ricardo Montalban. Yeah, I've seen pictures of this going round, and it really does look like him from that TOS episode. It, it is a very very good likeness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, you know, these little, you know these action figures and dolls come out all the time, and and, so, and they're very nice and everything, but some of them. This one is worthy of comment because it's kind of it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous how much this one looks like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, QMX though they they have been knocking it out of the park lately because they've they've done the amazing discovery badges. Well, and before that they were doing the other badges um, with the yeah. magnetic backs. Well, that's ones, I mean, yeah, that's just have, yeah. amazing. So um, yeah. QMX is kind of killing it at the moment, and I'm excited yeah. to see what they do next as well. They have Kirk and Spock, and Kirk and Spock are good. Mm. And they're saying the same scale as Khan. They're they're good, but Khan is, like, frighteningly good. Now let's find out what happened this week in Star Trek Online and gaming news. Computer status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. Well, Captains, welcome to Star Trek Online and Gaming News, where Cryptic and PWE are celebrating the release of Season 14 on console with a huge giveaway. Star Trek Online has teamed up with GameSpot to offer a great set of prize packs to mark the release of Season 14 Emergence on console. Anyone can enter to win one of two grand prizes, one PlayStation 4 console or one Xbox One S console. Both packs also include a Plantronics Rig 505HS headset and a Star Trek Online faction pack containing starships, uniforms, bridge officers, pets and more. 
for all three factions. Each price pack is valued at $439.98 for PS4 version, or $389.98 for Xbox One S version. Another 1,000 entrants for each console will win codes for the in-game prize packs. Sadly, only residents of the United States, District of Columbia and Canada are eligible to enter, but if you're eligible you can try for either one or both packs. You'll need to head to the website that we link in our show notes. The deadline for entries is Tuesday, November 21st. Good luck. As I just mentioned a moment ago, Season 14 Emergence launched on consoles this week. So if you haven't played it yet, or if you've been away from the game for a while, now is a great time to get back into it. Captains on PC have had it for a few weeks, but now Xbox One and PlayStation 4 players can play the new featured episode, Melting Pot, with LeVar Burton as Geordi LaForge. You can also start filling up the new Miracle Worker primary specialization, and your fleet can grow with the new Draenor Colony fleet holding. There's also a new Zenkethi lockbox and a couple new PvE queues, so plenty to keep you busy. There's also a free giveaway going on as well. If you log on before November 28th at 10am Pacific, you can pick up a promotional Scant uniform in the C-Store and equip it at any tailor. Remember, it's not just scants in this uniform pack. Klingon and Romulan men get mini skirts too, and you can even wear a kilt if you so desire. Once again, Season 14 Emergence is live right now on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, and scans are free in the C-Store now through November 28th. Finally in the news this week, if you're one of those people who maybe haven't quite made the switch to console yet, there is a new starter pack that may just entice you. There are three brand new faction starter packs now available in the C-Store on Xbox One or PlayStation 4, and they'll help you get a jump on the game for under $10. The starter packs all contain 12 inventory slots, 12 bank slots, a board bridge officer, 13 pieces of Mark II Very Rare Space Gear, 7 pieces of Mark II Very Rare Ground Gear, and one small XP boost. In addition, Federation Captains will get a Tier 1 Constitution class ship, Klingons get a Tier 1 Baroth Bird of Prey, and Romulans get a Tier 1 Tavaro Light Warbird. I really like this um, this little pack. I mean, it's, it's $10, but... Th- if you intend to go through to endgame and you know max out all your stuff, having a whole bunch of um, Mark II purple space gear actually gets you kind of a long way. Oh yeah, because when it's when it's that high at Mark II, that means as you upgrade it, you've got so much better chances of getting into epic. Yeah, we actually done something very similar to this actually uh, recently in the Priority One Armada. We done a complete overhaul of the fleet banks and everything that is in the fleet banks now in every one of the Priority One Armada fleets is all Mark II very rare and the reason why we've done that was if there is a brand new member to the Priority One Armada Mm -hmm. and a new player to the game they can get gear straight away and they can level it up as they level up in the game or if any of the existing members create a new character they can do the very same thing as well so you instantly Mm -hmm. have high quality gear and you just upgrade it as you go along so yeah this is uh this is pretty good i mean you also get the constitution class i mean okay assuming that you're on federation but i i I know it's not the tier six Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it is still nice to have a tier one so you know it's it's good it's worth doing if you're just starting out and you want a little bit of a of a head start 10 bucks it's uh it's a good deal for sure And lastly, before we wrap up Star Trek Online news, here are some events that are on this weekend. 
On PC, there's a Marks Weekend on now through Monday, November 20th. Remember, if you play any mission or queue that awards Marks, you'll get a 50% bonus in those Marks while the event is on. The Mirror Invasion event on PC is in its second week now and continues through the 30th of November. If you haven't started, then I'm afraid you'll have missed your chance to earn the Mirror Universe Phaser Duel Pistols, but for those of you who have started, you've still got plenty of time left to complete it. Finally this week, the Lifetime Subscription Sale is also still on for PC players, and it runs through December 7th. The Lifetime Subscription is down to just $199.99 during the promotional period, and is well worth picking up if you can afford it. There are no weekend events on consoles this week, but I'm sure you'll have quite enough to do with the launch of the new season. For more details about any of the events we mentioned this week, be sure to have a look at the in-game calendar. Now it's over to Jace with another Treklit 101. Hello Captains, this is Jace with the latest edition of Treklit 101. This time, our patrol takes us through waypoints 2 through 4. That's right, we're going to perform survey scans of Star Trek Waypoint's new trade paperback, collecting issues 1 through 6. The debut issue we already covered in a previous installment, so let's just pick up from there. For those new to Waypoint, it's an anthology series with stories in various styles, each set in all different eras of Trek, with a wide array of focus characters or casts. Each issue in this volume contains two stories, ranging from the time before Enterprise all the way into a future well beyond the end of Nemesis. We'll start with issue two, which brings us face to face with the menace of the Mechanitrons, expertly rendered in the vintage gold key comic style by artist Gordon Purcell, even down to the flaming nacelles. This is a fun TOS romp very much in the vein of those 60 stories I've discussed here before, with villainous Klingons and accurately campy dialogue. Legacy, the second story, follows up on that with a more thoughtful piece from the posthumous point of view of yeoman Leslie Thompson, known to Trek trivia gurus as the only woman to die on an away mission during the original series, played by Julie Cobb in By Any Other Name. Legacy voices a lament that she isn't remembered for her deftly retconned supporting role in many of the Enterprise's adventures, but as it turns out, she manages to inspire at least one future officer. The third issue opens with the Wildman Maneuver, as told by none other than super-secret agent Ensign Special Class Naomi Wildman herself. This tale, told in the format of a comic drawn by Naomi during the travels of Voyager, evoked a tiny bit of Windsor McKay's Little Nemo in Slumberland for me. While not quite as surreal and densely packed as Nemo, the dreamlike quality and simple dialogue, not to mention sleep and dream themes, set a fun, childlike mood of adventure and imagination and it's worth it just for Naomi's send-up of the main bridge crew. But once again, the second story in this issue, Mother's Walk, is a bit more somber, focusing on Deep Space Nine's Kira reminiscing on a lost Bajoran tradition, bonding mothers and daughters. This was a heartwarming, earnest, and occasionally funny story, and one of my favorites from the book, though as a huge Kira fan, I'm certainly biased. Issue 4's The Fragile Beauty of Loyalty is an offbeat tale, influenced by such sources as Lassie and the Temporal Cold War. If that has you thinking, oh boy, then you'll surely need to check this one out. Though admittedly, a typo or error in the very first panel left me confused for a bit. It mentions 2020 when I believe it should be 2120 as it features a young Johnny Archer boy explorer. Just a sweet tale of a boy and his dogs. 
And last but not least for this week is mirror, 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 mirror. That's four mirrors and no, not that kind. Hold your horses, no goatees except wharfs, and no conspiracy theories about Lorca. This one is a fine TNG story featuring the aforementioned less than merry man and Beverly Crusher as they attempt to complete an away mission to a planet seemingly carpeted with flowers. This serves as an interesting bookend to issue one's a horror story, Daylily, at least thematically, as well as giving us a classic, next generation, figure out the oddity peacefully type of story. All in all, I continue to find Waypoint well worth reading. I haven't found an issue so far where neither of the story works for me, and each is so different it's hardly even fair to compare them directly to one another, rather than to other stories of their own kind from other Trek media. The Gold Key and Wildman stories were a lot of fun. Legacy and Mother's Walk were more meditative, and I appreciated that. I did especially like the dedication of the fragile beauty of loyalty to the Russian space dog Laika, one of the many early space travelers to whom we owe much. Zemlya Teba Pukom. Next time, we'll tackle Waypoint issues 5 and 6, completing this collection, and hopefully discover something new in comics by then as well. But that's all for this month's Treklet 101. On screen. And thanks to Jace for his review in this week's Treklet 101. Now it's time for On Screen. Before we get started, I should mention that the discussion of this week's episode will include references to sexual violence. As such, it's probably inappropriate for children and may be triggering to survivors. Into the Forest I Go is the ninth episode of Star Trek Discovery and the final one before the mid-season break. With Klingon forces en route to Pavo, Starfleet orders the Discovery to retreat to Starbase 46. Lorca complies at Warp 5 and explains to the crew that they have three hours to find a way to defeat the Klingons so they can jump back and defend Pavo. As if by magic, they come up with a plan involving 133 spore drive micro-jumps. Lieutenant Stamets is hesitant, but Lorca convinces him by showing how each jump gets them closer to understanding parallel universes. Black alert, and it's back to Pavo we go. To pull this off, they need to taunt the Klingons into lowering their cloak for battle. Then Burnham and Tyler can beam aboard and plant beacons. Lorca will then use the spore jumps to attack the Klingon ship, which will have no choice but to cloak, and the beacons will help the Discovery break the code. It all goes to plan until Burnham reads human life signs aboard the Ship of the Dead. It's Admiral Cornwell, and they'll need to rescue her, too. A gravely injured Laurel in the same chamber puts Tyler into shock. Burnham stuns her, but has to complete her mission alone. On the bridge, Cole starts to realize that he's in a trap, and to stop him from warping out, Burnham reveals herself. Their fight gives Discovery enough time to complete their mission and beam everyone out, plus Laurel, who jumps on Tyler just in time, before destroying the Klingon ship of the dead. Stamets is spent, but Lorca convinces him to make one final jump to get everyone to safety. Right before they go, though, he says, let's go home, and changes the coordinates. Stamets collapses in pain during the jump, and the Discovery is left stranded. The next episode, Despite Yourself, premieres on Sunday, January 7th, 2018. Well, I have just one nitpicky little thing about that about the review. I don't think that Lorca had to talk Stamets into it. I think Stamets volunteered, and I think that was a huge plot twist. The 133 micro jumps, he didn't want to do it. Oh, that one he had, yeah, that one he but had the to like, final jump. manipulate him into it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The last one, 
That was Stamets' idea. Yeah. yeah. And I think that and I think that, that set up the big uh, reveal at the very end you just you just mm-hmm. mentioned him changing the coordinates. Because yep. that threw his plans yeah. off. Like, I'm gonna make one more jump. Man, you're not to do that. No, man, I gotta get the crew. Oh, you're the best man. You're awesome. Oh, but by the way, that's actually the last of all the last jumps. We're we're done after this. This is all <laughs> yeah. the way. And Lorca's like, uh oh. Ooh, no, 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 that was not how this was supposed yeah, to go. Yeah, change of plans. And, and <clears throat> Yeah, change of plans. Um, let's do something crazy. Yeah, so before we get into um, some of the big sort of major talking points of this episode, let's talk through some of the little uh, cute little touchstones, which there was actually um, a handful, I thought. Um, the one that I liked the best that stood out to me was the, the introduction of the Universal Translator. I loved the way they did that. I loved the way they worked it into the whole scene with Burnham on the bridge of the Klingon ship. Oh, finally, 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 somebody figured out how to make him not talk Klingon the entire time. Did you notice how much how, how much faster that scene yeah, it it just, was? just much smoother. Yeah, oh my but God. But the, um, the, the way that they produced that scene was very clever, because if you notice it, at yeah. the very beginning, you could hear her speaking English and Klingon at the same time, and likewise him. But mm-hmm. then the, mm. the universal translator bit kind of fade, started to fade yeah. out. So by the by yeah. the end, they didn't have to do faff with any of that. Um, and I, I thought that was, yes, was really, really well done. And um, brilliantly done. Uh, yeah, it was really great. Um, I don't know if you guys noticed um, at the very end, Cadet Decker to the ready room. Oh, it was out on the intercom. Yeah, yeah, it was just over the intercom. It was like <laughs> half a second. But um, that's probably yeah. uh, Captain Decker, not well. The, yeah, yeah, the, uh, motion picture. Yeah, yeah. motion picture yeah. Decker. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, nice. Okay. Can I just mention Starbase 46 as well? Really? 46? 46, really? What's, better? What's, What's wrong with 46? Yeah, yeah, I don't get it. It's not 47? It's not 47. It's not 47. They were like, it's like yeah, they might as well have just gone, we're not we, putting 47. Yeah. We're not putting 47 yeah. in Star Trek Discovery. I think they've been using 46 the last few weeks, though. I think that's like think? their... Like geogra- yeah, I think I, I kind of I think they've been that's like geographical. I, I would have to go back when I do my rewatch. Gonna- yes, when you do your reboot, when you and, that, and here's something else to do on your reboot because I could have sworn we saw this. You know, at the, 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 the big the big the big hand to hand combat thing between Burnham and and Cole, mm-hmm. she snatches the badge. Yeah, I could have sworn that we had an argument or a fight or a continuity discussion or something early on about her having the badge, about Burnham already having the badge, and how the hell did she get it because she never got close to Giorgio's body. So uh, right. when you do your research, when I, you do I your will, rewatch, keep an eye out for that badge because I'm thinking it might have showed up in her um, her duffel bag thing oh, right, okay. the telescope, which I also have a problem with. How do you have that telescope? It's yeah, when the <laughs> ship exploded. Yeah, nobody went back to the ship. Yeah, let's not yeah. let's so, not let's I mean, not try to pick holes too much because the whole the whole damn thing will unravel. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Just, I'm just making notes. All right, so yeah, but, but uh, yeah, and I, I just uh, it, 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 it's just a, it's just one of those little tiny continuity errors. That I think 46. I'm going to let that go for sure. Yeah, but the comp badge. Oh my. Oh, dear me. Mm. Uh, one that I am so. This is okay. When Elijah's not here, I miss him. I miss him when he's not here on the show. We all do. We all do. We I mean, to, we make fun, but, it. you know, we miss we him. Do. And this particularly, because here's a, just a, it might have been unintentional, but it is, a, to me, blatantly obvious uh, a Broadway musical callback in this episode where Stamets is, is talking to Dr. Culver about what they're going to do when they're all done. And they're going to go and see this Castilian opera of La Boheme. And, of course, um, Anthony Rapp 
was in Rent. He was he originated the role of Mark in Rent. Um, and there's that the big famous song Lovey Bohem. So it's like such a callback. And there's no there's there's nobody to sing it because Elijah isn't here. And we are all very sad about that and and, and so on because now we can't make fun of him for singing it. What <laughs> that's true. Forty minutes into the that's show, true. thirty minutes into that's the show. True. I mean, you know, we, we we would set the marker. So that joke is blown as well. Yeah. So I mean, it's all it is all very sad. Yeah. Now. Um, uh, I am clueless about that reference, so I'm glad that you and Elijah were here to catch mm. that. Because <laughs> right, right over my head. Winters, how about you? Oh yeah, yeah. so far over my head. So far over your head. That's, so we're glad you're here to, to catch these things. But you missed one. I missed one. You missed one. I would have thought you would have like been all over this yeah. one. You just, you just went right by it. What's that? You missed one of your notes. Which one's that? Oh, the one right before the. I would have thought you'd been all over this one. So I kind of saved the best for last, and that is Star Trek's first gay kiss. Um. Like intentional, these are two gay characters who are out and in a relationship, and just they are kissing goodbye. And uh, it's a great landmark and just well represented on screen. I loved it. Yay, Star Trek! And that's all I could say. I mean, we've talked about them as a couple before in their portrayal, and uh, it was lovely to see. Once again, because uh, this was something that I would talk to, we talked about on Sunday, um, or, or maybe it was the last episode we did. He dropped. In, he drops in. Uh, Lorca drops in somewhere in the. No, it was this episode. Lorca drops in the where no man has gone before bit. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about it on Sunday, and and Alan Elijah were like, oh man, wasn't that just the greatest? That was the greatest throwback ever. You know, he he got the thing, and then I'm like, what? He said what? What? And I went, oh yeah, he did. He did say that. But it was so. It was it was a natural part of the conversation. He mm-hmm. made it sound like there's just a couple people talking, and I think they handled that. They handle the Culber-Stamets uh, relationship in much the same way. Yep. It's like, you're not like, okay, here they come. They're going to do the Wait, kiss. We're going to do it. Come. We're going to do a big just, gay kiss it now. It's going it to be is. huge. Big gay Wait kiss moment. <laughs> okay, here it comes. No, it's just that, you know, if it's, hey, this yeah. is going to be dangerous, a big mission, one last thing. This, this just, that is a thing that would probably happen. And you just sort of like, it just sort of does. Yeah. So, and I, and I think that that is one of the strengths of, this particular episode mm-hmm. is that there was very little to nothing that was forced. Yeah. It, nothing, everything went from A to B to C to D and just sort of natural it progression. Flowed, and yeah, those, it flowed really yeah, well. And that was one of the things that did. Yeah. So, uh, uh, so kudos to the to the writers yeah. on that one. Um, so, right. We can't put off talking about the big things uh, for too long. And um, I, I, I'm, I'll be honest with you, before coming into this recording, I'm, I'm a little nervous on how, how to handle this. So we have two things that happened simultaneously that were kind of huge in this episode. Uh, number one, uh, nudity finally made its, uh, made its debut in this episode. Um, finally. <laughs> well... Air quotes. <laughs> well, we know it's a TVMA rating, and Been we, waiting for all nine episodes, we, man. Come on, man. You owe me. This is, I mean, but this is this something that we've been talking about since well before it even aired. Was that they were thinking, oh, we don't have to be constrained by, you know, uh, the, the 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 normal TV broadcast rules. Right. We can because we're streaming. It's fine. Um, it can be edgy. Yeah. The the problem for me was that the uh, the boobs. Are right smack in the middle of a of a of a rape scene where uh, Lieutenant Tyler is being raped by a female Klingon, and I have a pro I have a problem with it. The problem is uh, okay, um, and I'll be the first to admit my first reaction was, "Hey, we finally saw boobs in there, Klingon!" Like, ha ha ha! Isn't that funny? Like, yay, Klingon boobs! 
long story short, the more I thought about the Klingon boobs, the more uncomfortable I became. Because actually this, this scene is um, incredibly emotional and it's groundbreaking in, in a couple of ways, which I'll get into in a second. But um, what we're essentially uh, depicting here is, is, a, is a rape scene. And I was... I'm, can I interrupt you for just a second? I'm only and I'm only interrupting because it's the second time you said that, and I and I represented your point of view mm-hmm. as to the best of my ability on the Sunday show. I'm gonna like take the opposite side here, just as just for the point of argument. Al and Elijah jumped my case when I when I brought up this, your point mm-hmm. and said that we don't know for sure whether that's Ash as Ash, human prisoner with a Klingon captor in which the prisoner uh, prisoner captor relationship should obliviate any kind of relationship like that at all or is that Ash who is actually Valk who is confused about his identity and misremembering a consensual encounter because he's had, had his brain messed with by Lorel on purpose voluntarily he he submitted to this procedure right or we don't know if it's just uh, uh, if it's just Vok trying to come out, we don't know if it's Vok trying to like you know break through his Ash Tyler personality. If in fact he's actually, you know, uh, uh, the, the 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 sleeper agent. So there, Elijah and Al's point were what we are what was shown on the screen. Mm-hmm. I think go, dovetails with your point. But what they're saying is that there could be complex meanings underneath it. Yeah. So there's that. That's I'm just I'm representing the other side, the other view. No, it's fine. I think you have a valid, or they had a valid point in in expressing that. I mean, my my personal view is that this was a sexual assault. Uh, the reason for that being is when it, it occurred, or at the time that it's being remembered. Uh, Ash Tyler was a torture victim. He was a prisoner when this was happening. Whether he is misremembering something from farther back, I, I, I don't know. But his current state of mind is he's a, a prisoner suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder, and he's remembering this thing. It, it, it is a sexual assault, and we will we I mean we'll see that um, we'll see how that that plays out um, later. Uh, one thing that I did want to point out, and one of the reasons that you, that theory may actually have some validity to it, is that this scene was filmed very... How do, how do I put this? The scene was filmed in a very typical way of white middle-class people having sex. Just one of them happened to be a bit ridgy. <laughs> no, but if you... Uh, um, so Heather Barker actually posted this question on Twitter. If you didn't know that what what was happening was a sexual assault, would you have understood that that's what was happening and one of the things that I commented was if you didn't know you may well not have realized that that was a sexual assault because of the way it was shot now I don't know whether that was a deliberate choice on the choice of the director or whether that was just lazy filmmaking because he wasn't really sure how to shoot people having sex so they just did it I'm mostly sick and tired of the 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 whole is he or isn't he thing I mean I w- I, this goes back to the whole John Richardson thing or John Harrison thing back with Into Darkness, right? Oh, no, he's not con. He's really not. Don't, on shows like this and in, th- in Star Trek, don't let the audience know what's happening and take your drama from the chess moves of the two sides yeah. trying to work it out. Yeah. I don't like, I don't like, the way that, I, I think they shot it like that with all the flash things and like the poor lighting and your vanilla position, if you want to call it that. I mean, I think that's mostly because 
they want it to be all mysterious. Like we're now, before we just had Tyler's quote word for it, and it could have been just all a ruse to trick Lorca, right? We just had the word for it that his mm -hmm. word for it that he was tortured, and and he was the the, the Klingon's favorite pet. Yeah. Okay, we just had his word. Now we've sort of it's been revealed through the magic of cinema that in, at least in his mind, and we don't know what his mind state actually is. In his mind, he was in fact tortured and was in fact abused. Mm -hmm. That's in his mind. That's that's that. That's how it's working. Yeah. We as the audience have maybe have our doubts. Yeah, but we need to treat it as what we're shown on the screen. I don't want to. I don't want to either. It's it's. You know why? Because I because it's it was gratuitous as far as yeah. I was concerned for two reasons. Number one, if you're going to have the mystery, preserve the mystery. Yeah. All right. If we don't know if Ash is a liar or not. Make him not a lot. Make him less. Make us believe he has PTSD by just watching the actor act. Mm -hmm. Make us believe that we don't need yeah. the we don't need the Klingon nipples. I didn't need them. I didn't need them. The second thing is, uh, I am I. I'm gonna go crotchety old school Star Trek person on this one. I uh, I hate the fact that they were doing this to the Klingons at all. Lorca believed Tyler that he was assaulted in that fashion, mm -hmm. and even threw it back in Laurel's face when he was on the torture table himself. Yeah. Ash thought it was like, well, you know, that's what happens when you're a prisoner of war with the Klingons. They do that to you. And everyone's like, yeah, man, that's what they do. Sorry, man. Like, that's a thing in the X universe? When has that ever been a thing in the Star Trek yeah. universe? It's never been. It went from Klingons don't take prisoners to Klingons take prisoners to torture you for information and zap your brain to now we're going to, like, you know, use you as our playthings. Uh, the okay, thing is, I think... Um I have to commend the writers for taking this on because, and and it saddens me a little bit that it's kind of overshadowed by the whole boobs thing. Um, you know, uh, rape of men by women happens, um, and it's generally kind of disregarded in society. People are like, how can you even do that? Um, and uh, I think it's brave of them to kind of tackle that issue um, in a way that feels very real, even though it's science fiction. Um, and it gives us a tremendous amount of potential for future episodes. And I, I'm, I'm assuming you guys have not seen Outlander. Um, a very similar no. scene happens at the end of the first season of Outlander, where our hero Jamie has been captured by Blackjack Randall um, and is um, raped and tortured repeatedly. But then because of the whole situation, they end up having this kind of weird, almost relationship. And then that... I mean, he gets rescued, but then that sort of plays out throughout the next couple of seasons that he's hell-bent on getting his revenge on his captor, but at the same time, when it comes to it, he can't do it because they had this almost weird pseudo-love thing going on. And so I think there's... Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah, there's a great amount of potential for future episodes in Star Trek Discovery because of what happened here. And um, looking forward to it, I think, is the wrong thing to say, but it, it, it will be interesting dramatically. They've got six episodes to sort of wrap it up, and they got a lot to do in six episodes. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping that they deal with this. And, I, and like I said, I, I don't like the storytelling of the unreliable narrator in these sorts of broad, spread-out shows. Mm -hmm. If you want to have an unreliable narrator like The Usual Suspects, mm -hmm. you know, one crime... A cadre of people, and it's all from you know the different sort of points of view and stuff like that. Yep. That's where an unreliable narrator is a really fun um, uh, uh, tool for exposition. It's a lot, and then you have the big twist reveal at the very end. Right. You know, little reveals. It, it does not. It just makes you question. 
well, what the hell is that four shows ago? I mean, why are we doing that four shows ago? I just, I, I, it's, it, it sits wrong with me. I just don't like it very much. Okay, but that's about the only thing I didn't like about this episode. Yeah. That I just that was everything else I thought was amazing. Like that, sh- that, that show. There was not a wasted scene in that episode. And there's one other big talking point that I wanted to talk about, which was um, the very end of the episode when uh, Lorca very clearly changes the coordinates and says, "Let's go home." Um, yeah, this is this is the mirror universe. We're going to the mirror universe, isn't it? Well, I, yeah, I think this is. We talked about this on Sunday too. I think they are in the mirror universe, but the question is whether or not he did it on purpose, like whether his destination was the mirror universe. And I think that's the real sort of mystery question. Uh, he was talking to Stamets, and part of that conversation to convince him to do it was, "Look at all these parallel dimensions, man." And he's and Stamets is on totally groovy shroom train right there. He's like, "Yeah, man, let's go find out some parallel universes, <laughs> <Yeah>. man." <laughs> Yeah, and so and so the, I think what my personal headcanon is that uh, he took the old program that they used to bounce all the Klingons around, mm-hmm. took that last uh, took that last uh, jump, programmed in one of those spots that he was showing Stamets that looked like one of the weak points between the parallel dimensions, yeah. and and went there, because yeah. not, not that he didn't know what was happening, uh, uh, not that he didn't know where he would end up, but he knew that he'd end up someplace weird and exploratory, and maybe it's to convince Stamets to explore more maybe it's to force him to explore more we don't know but the question is is does home mean that he was heading home to the mirror universe or he was heading to the deep outer space exploratory regions like the discovery was meant to do uh no (laughs) okay (laughs) i think i don't like the idea i don't like the idea that lorca's from mirror i don't like it (laughs) you don't like what i don't like the idea that he's from the mirror universe it doesn't make it doesn't make a lot of sense i don't think he originally well this is getting very close to dangerous speculation time, which is maybe one of the ooh, things we'll do. Yeah, we when, never do that. Ooh. We never do that here. <laughs> maybe this is what one of the things that we'll do o- o- over the break is to just go into rampant speculation. Uh, that would be kind of fun, actually, right at the end of the series yeah. for them. Sure. But but for now, let's um let's talk about our favorite moments from this episode. And honestly, there are a lot to choose from, so try and narrow it down to maybe yeah. one or two. Actually, Winters, we haven't heard from you, yeah, so you oh, yeah. Winters, what's your favorite moment from the episode? My favorite moment was when when they started attacking the ship of the dead and they started jumping all around it. That was yeah. just really, really cool. Special effects yes, were really good. Yes, exactly. I agree. They were fantastic. I, I yeah. And there hasn't been enough of that. You know this whole thing that um, Elijah says, Deep Space Nine done an awful lot of talking and not showing. Yeah. I think Discovery is suffering from that so badly. They it's a lot of ha- exposition, yeah. Yeah, they're talking about, oh, the Discovery has been in this engagement and that engagement. Show us the freaking engagements. This is meant yeah. to be the height of the Klingon war. So I'm yeah. always happy to see, right, show us what the war is like. They did a lot of showing yeah. in this episode. Yeah, and I think this is the first time where they've actually tried to show off Discovery. Yes, yeah. it was. and what it could do, yeah. It's like, well, and not only that, but just like the beauty shots, right? I mean, when you when, when you watch these shows and you and you kind of fall in love with the ships, mm-hmm. it's because you see them doing stuff, right? You see some three-quarter passes, yeah. you see some you see some static shots of them hanging nose to nose with the Klingon ship. I mean, you look at the profile, you get a look at the the, the three quarter view. You get a look at the ship. Every show done Every it. Every show's done it. Yep. This is the like the first episode where they did it extensively. Yeah. 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 I thought it was nice as well because, you know, presumably uh, with Stamets not looking so great, um, we're gonna be stuck without a spore drive for a while. So I thought it was a nice little uh send off for the spore drive on the uh mid season break. Well, they're going to have to plug him back in pretty quick. Cause got <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Tony, what so, about you? What is yeah. what was your favorite moment? Um, it, it was it was it's actually the bookend. There's actually it's it, they, but they're connected. In the very first bit, Lorca is full on Star Trek captain. Mm. I'm about to disobey orders because we got we've got a higher mission here, and these short sighted desk jockeys are screwing it yeah. all up. And yeah, these pencil yeah. pushers back here are are are, are going to screw it up. They don't understand what's like out here. You got three hours, to make it happen, people. It's on. It's on. It's up to yeah. you. It's up. Do you want to save the? You want to save the world? It's up tech to you. all the tech you can. Yeah, tech tech all the science and science all the yeah. tech and yeah, I mean do and do the stuff. And he and he sold. It's a, like total Starfleet captain move, right? I mean, yeah. you could see Kirk or Picard give it that same speech. Cisco. Yeah, you bet you. You get yeah, you. I can't let you down, sir. I'm going to do this thing, and it was great. <laughs> and then at the end of the episode, that selfish son of a bitch, who's they're going to meddle him and retire him because the spore drive ain't going to be a thing no more because Stamets is quitting. Yep. Yep. The war is basically won because they got the Klingon the secret code thing. for the cloaks, yep. and his ass is grass once Cornwell gets back there and makes her report. Yeah. Now her career may be over too, but she's been paralyzed from the waist down, and all. I mean, sure, her career may be over anyway. She's got nothing to lose by telling the full story of what a <laughs> Captain Lorca has been. Yeah. So, his career's over. Uh, the the war is over. He's gonna he's gonna lose his team and his ship. And before the computer finishes uh, uh, crunching out the solution, he takes his ship to shores unknown. Yep. Screw you all. I'm out of here. Yeah. Because I'm going to lose everything, and so the Federation doesn't get the magic uh, secret uh, Klingon unlocking code. Mm. In the space of a show, he goes from Trek Hero, and this was this is Al's thing, I have to give him credit. He went from Trek Hero to Trek Zero yeah. in the space of a show. That was huge. Yeah, that's good. Do you, do you think this is why all the admirals, well, by the time we get to TNG, are, like, bad? Because they're so used, they're so jaded by every order they give, a captain goes, absolutely, yes, sir. <laughs> And, and then they go do God their own thing. Damn it, they did it again <laughs> every time, and they're like, you know what? Screw this. <laughs> I'm just going evil. <laughs> yeah, I just think they make. Sh- I think just think they make shows about the captains that, that do give the orders the middle finger. I think nobody else gets a You're show. Right, right, right. Captain 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 Smith on the on the Delaware does not get his show because no one's going to mess with the USS Delaware. You know, the USS Delaware is always going to get his job. All right. It's just going to. All right. Yeah. Fine. What was your favorite moment, Kenna? Well, I actually kind of had two. Well. Yeah, kind of two. So number one, the score for this episode, the the music that underpinned the whole thing. In fact, the sound design through the whole thing was just like blew my mind, like blew the top off of my head. Uh, the scoring was incredible. The cinematic sound that we got, all the music um, and the, the, the dramatic tension and everything. It was just like perfect. If you don't know what I'm talking about... <laughs> Go back and li- go back and listen to it. Go back and watch it again, but pay attention to the music. It's it's just incredible, and the sound design, uh, it's it's next level, shall we say? This was the best TV episode of the series. I think it's not oh, my yeah. favorite episode. Yeah. I think I still think Context is for Kings is still my favorite. Mm-hmm. But as a TV episode, this one just worked. Yeah. I mean, this it it it, it did not give you time to nitpick. Mm-hmm. Because it went from A to B to C. There's not a wasted scene. Yep. Every every frame did something to move the plot and to move the story along. And I just this this was a very very well put together episode. And I do more of these. This is this yes. is where you should. This is where they should be shooting for for every episode. Agreed. I do have still one more favorite moment though, 
the bit oh, one more. right at the end where they're about to... I took two. It's not quite at the end. It's when right before they blow up the uh, the ship of the dead and Lorca just kind of casually walks towards the view screen, squirting his eye drops in his eyes. <laughs> oh, he's not missing. He's, yeah, oh, he's, like, no. he's like, I'm going for it. I want to see this. Yeah. <laughs> and then the whole thing blows yeah. up. It's just that whole scene. And then when uh, when Burnham and Tyler come back on the bridge and his he, he's got the explosion behind him and that whole scene was just um, just beautifully shot and and loved it. That was an awfully long explosion, now that you mention it. That explosion went on for a lot of explosions. Super big ship. I mean, super, well, I mean, lots of secondaries. There was torpedoes in every dead body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> every dead body had a grenade in it, yes. They all, yeah. they, they all had yeah. grenades in every sarcophagus, yeah, yeah. There were secondaries, and there were tertiaries, and there were quaternaries, and all the other inaries, you know, when, when, you, when they hit, what, there was only, was it four torpedoes? I, I, I think it was I'm four torpedoes. It was like four torpedoes. I didn't count. I think, but it's like it was like four torpedoes. No, and that explosion just went on for like a long, a long time. time. Long yeah. time. But but it, but again, it's like <laughs> one of those things. You didn't notice it when you were watching the show because other stuff was happening, yeah. right? Yeah. You couldn't like just watch the explosion because Burnham was coming onto the bridge and they were passing each other and giving each other significant looks and you know. I, Lots is packed very tightly mm. and a well, well, well made episode. Mm. All right, well, that's it for our coverage of Star Trek Discovery's mid season finale Into the Forest I Go. Now let's open hailing frequencies and see what's incoming. Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See, we are getting to know each other. Well, Captains, this is the part of the show where we open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. Episode 342's community question was. Will the new CBS All Access shows entice you to subscribe if you haven't already? Or keep you subscribed if you're planning to cancel between seasons of Discovery? Yeah, well, we had an amazing amount of feedback on on this question this week. And unfortunately, we can't get to anywhere near all of it. But we have actually read them all. And we think you guys are the best. So keep those opinions coming. Uh, You did a great job this week. From Patreon, Katie Fulfer said, I'm in Canada, so I had to subscribe to the Crave TV streaming service to watch Discovery. While it was a little irritating to subscribe to another service and to give Bell Media money, Crave TV is the dedicated service for airing many HBO and Showtime series in Canada, so I'm likely staying with it. That actually seems kind of nice if they've got the HBO content on there as well. Yeah, kind of like if you have the Netflix thing and you get that with it, it's kind of nice. It's kind of like a reason to keep subscribing to it mm-hmm. almost. <laughs> Crazy idea. From Twitter, Janet Gershon Siegel writes... We subscribed and are loving the old Twilight Zones, Big Bang Theory, and the NFL. Gonna check out JAG. I've only seen bits of it. Next. Smiley face. I used to love JAG. I used to love that show. And now that you've you've already said you're gonna stay uh, subscribed, so now this whole month you yeah can maybe JAG. I th- yeah. unfortunately I do have about twelve other series that I need to binge watch before then, but I will definitely put JAG on the list. Yeah. Please tell me that Star Trek Deep Space Nine is on that list. Star Trek what now? <laughs> no, it's probably not. <laughs> Star Trek what oh now? Oh my god. What, what is this? Uh, There's your answer, Winters. Here's your answer. Just... <laughs> Talk to the hand. Talk to the hand. From Patreon, Chris Keen says, Being in the UK, this doesn't really affect me. However, my fear is that CBS All Access will do very well and come to the UK which would mean Netflix would lose Discovery in the UK, and I'll have to sign up to CBS. 
If this happened, then yes, I'll cancel mid-season. This yeah. happens. This does happen. I remember uh, not so much with Netflix. I, I haven't seen that happen with Netflix yet. But uh, I remember I was to- totally into Lost. I was two seasons into Lost. And it was on, because it was on Channel 5, I believe, in the UK. Uh, and then in comes Sky with their subscription service. And they took the next five seasons of Lost. And I only watched Lost like two years ago because I had to wait... <laughs> Until I get until it went back onto something that I could actually have, and that's heartbreaking when that happens because you feel, oh, you feel so bad. It's so it's so frustrating. You want it to do just good enough that they don't change anything, but not good enough that they think this is great and expand it. Yeah, yeah, just good enough to bring us another season of Star Trek, not good enough to push it. From Patreon, Thaddeus Edwards said. I was honestly considering canceling for the break between Discovery seasons. With the news that CBS will produce a new Twilight Zone series, I've considered hanging on, but only slightly more. Is, this like, is that the second or third? That's the second, I, I mean, I've heard it's that they're the going to do new Twilight Zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but I mean, it, those anthology series can be literally hit and miss. Because it's, you. I mean, sometimes you have a repertoire cast playing different roles every week, and that's a good bit of consistency. But they bring in completely different writers, you know, completely different directors. They bring It, it, it can be really hit and miss, so... I'll I'll let them sort that out, and then maybe I'll go back and binge watch next season. Also from Patreon, David S. says, Nope, in fact, I've already canceled and don't plan on subscribing again until the finale. If CBS starts releasing entire series every month, like Discovery in September, Twilight Zone in October, etc., then I might. However, with Disney now pulling items off Netflix for their own service on top of the CBS nonsense, I will have to start paying more attention to which services I subscribe to each month and constantly be subscribing and unsubscribing to keep costs down. I think that's a really good point, actually, because we're getting to the point now, everybody's getting a bit greedy, and where a couple years ago cutting the cord was a significant cost savings, people like CBS are coming in and going, oh, well, we can have a piece of that. Pretty soon we're going to be back to the same old thing. Yeah, it's it's kind of be careful what you wish for, right? Everyone wished they could just subscribe a la carte to the channels they wanted. Well, now you can, but each company owns their own channel and they all want to charge you 10 bucks for it. So, yeah, that's uh, be careful what you wish for. And this week's Title It Thursday winner was Sean Tiercott. A young Harry Mudd makes his move. This was the one with uh, it's a picture from Elijah from um, the Starfleet Academy experience, <laughs> examining a, examining a Klingon. Yeah, it's um, a little creepy. Uh, apparently, he's Elijah looks pleased that there's an unconscious Klingon there unaware of his presence he's getting a big thumbs up okay yeah. sure <laughs> yeah all right and once again we took to twitter with our survey sunday question where is the hashtag star trek discovery and out of 41 votes 27 percent of you said the alpha quadrant 37 percent of you said the beta quadrant 10 percent of you said the delta quadrant and 26 percent of you said the gamma quadrant i also said the gamma quadrant but i don't know where's the mirror quadrant we didn't put the mirror quadrant in there? I don't know. None of those oh, options man. have goatees. I didn't know what to put. We need to put goatees on some of these <laughs> options next week. Yeah. Make yeah. a note. We'll make, a, <laughs> we'll make a note to our to our social media. Jake, Jake, put a, pin a goatee on one of those next time. Well, that wraps up episode 343 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. For more great podcasts like Mission Log and Women at Warp, visit podcast.roddenberry.com. But before we go, here's a reminder of what our community question was for this week. What will you be doing with your Sunday nights until Discovery is back on air? Captains, you know we love hearing from you. 
Leave us a comment on our website at PriorityOnePodcast.com, on our Facebook page at Facebook.com forward slash PriorityOnePodcast, or tweet us via at PriorityOnePod. Don't miss a thing from the world of Star Trek. Catch our episodes every Friday by pointing your favorite podcast app to feeds.priorityonepodcast.com. You can even join in on the fun while we record our episodes live on Tuesday nights at around 11.30 Eastern on Facebook. Keep an eye on our social media channels for details. And if that wasn't enough, you can join us in Star Trek Online in the Priority One Armada. If you're interested, just head over to PriorityOneArmada.com and sign up today. And don't forget that every Saturday night, the Armada takes to our Twitch channel for some in-depth playthroughs of Star Trek Online. Follow us on twitch.tv forward slash priority one. This episode of Priority One Podcast is brought to you by our patrons through patreon.com. Find out more and add your support at patreon.com forward slash priority one. Even if you can't make a financial contribution, please help spread the word about the show and invite your fellow Trekkies. It's your support that keeps us going. Don't forget to tune in to Priority One Productions' Guard Frequency podcast at guardfrequency.com. Now with a brand new format, starting in December, the Guard will take you inside the universe of your favourite space sim, including a tabletop adventure played out by your hosts. If you like this show, then listening to Guard Frequency is the logical choice. Thanks to our audio team, led by Michael McDonald, with assistance from Brandon Parker and Jake Morgan, with support from Midnight Shadow 7 of Holosuite Media. Thanks to Jake Morgan as well for spearheading our social media, especially those Title It Thursdays and Awesome Survey Sundays. Thanks to our graphic artist and web designer, Henry Popper. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. Thanks to our syndication partners, Subspace Radio and Trek Radio. Thanks to Patreon associate producer, Navy Boats Lou. But most importantly, a big thanks to you, the Star Trek community, and our listeners. Because without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible. Enemy ship on sensors. Red alert. Shields up. Ready weapons. Engage. This is Kenna Stonews, Sink 1. This is Winters, Head in the Sink 2. <laughs> Emergence. Emergence. <laughs> if you're one of those people who may... Ha- I, I knew it was going to be like this. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> you're doing real... I was going to say, actually, you're doing really, really well. <laughs> because you're, 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 like, you're, you're, the difference in your tone between, like, oh... Yeah, I know, right? Here we go. And then you're like, finally, in the news this week. <laughs> I just want you've learned, my you've bed. You've learned from Elijah's, like, performance voice. I just want my bed. That's all I want. The Mirror Invasion event on PC is in its second week now and continues through the 30th of November. If you haven't started, then... <clears throat> Try and slow down a little bit because I'm like tripping over. Yeah, my Tony. Time. I mean, uh, Kenna. <laughs> <laughs> 
Shields Enemy up. ship Enemy on centers. Lethal <laughs> weapons, everybody. Oh, my God. Oh, we've all taken helium. <laughs> <laughs> Those people look Turn mean. <laughs>